Jacob has made a really tight spot for himself. He is on the run trying to save his skin. And it's simple, really. He fell prey to that insidious lie that where he was and what he had would not be enough. And so twice now he has tricked his brother Esau, trying to claim more for himself, trying to position himself just a little bit better for the life to come. It's a a wild story. With their mother's encouragement, Jacob has dressed up as his hairy brother and tricked their dying father into blessing him instead. The response is swift and predictable. Esau is furious, out for blood. And Jacob has no choice really now but to take off, to race in exile from his family. This is where we meet him today. Jacob is in this fraught in-between time. He's running, he's without a home, he's caught in a strange new place, hoping he will find shelter and welcome with his mother's family, but as yet, all is uncertain. His treachery has won him little, but isolation and hardship, and now this rock for a pillow. It's here, it's in the midst of this complete uncertainty that he has his dream. Heaven is suddenly porous, God's messengers ascending and descending on some kind of sacred ladder, connecting Jacob to God. And there in his sleep, Jacob hears God making incredible promises, assuring him of God's presence and protection far beyond anything this confused young man could have hoped for. Jacob wakes up, still there on the hard ground, and exclaims to the open, empty sky, Surely the Lord is in this place, and I did not know it. Fast forward some untold number of millennia. Still, people are wrestling with one another, some coming out on top, others suffering mightily. And still, people are trying to find their way to God, wherever they may be. It's the year 480, and a son is born in a noble family in Italy. Young Benedict grows up with all kinds of wealth and comfort, as the story goes, but eventually he becomes skeptical of it all. He gets curious about living another way. And so he takes off. He gives it all up. He starts over. He lives for a while as a a hermit, 
in, the, in a cave way up, hidden away in the, uh, the mountains east of Rome. But his real call, it seems, is to gather community. And so Benedict becomes a monk and a great teacher. People come to study with him from all over, trying to learn his ways. And what he finds again and again is that even as these people come to learn from him, learn with him, these students are restless. They're always wanting to move on to the next monastery and the next always looking for the place where maybe the food is tastier or the view is more compelling or maybe the the community gets along a little better. They are constantly searching for the next great teacher or the next beautiful place because surely there they would find God. Benedict teaches many things, but he has this one incredibly important lesson to give these young students. You don't need to go anywhere. He shakes these wandering people out of the fog that confuses them, that that makes them think that they are never quite there. He stirs their hearts and their minds, urging them to settle in and to trust. Benedict helps to wake them up and hallow that place where they are right there to hallow it with their thanksgivings, pronouncing that God is in this place and they did not know it. And now another 1,500 years or so have passed. Life is still hard and unpredictable and beyond our control. As individuals, we cannot control the ravages of global pandemics, even as we seek to do our part in moving towards a healthier and more just world. As individuals, as a community of faith, We cannot prevent economic recession or massive levels of unemployment, even if we're prepared to share generously of what we do have. We're still physically separated, still hunkered down, collectively fasting from community life. In so many ways, it is an isolating, exhausting, and wildly uncertain time. This is not what we signed up for, and here we are, still the end not yet in sight. As I'm guessing pretty much all of you have experienced by now, technology is both a gift and also a real challenge when it comes to worship. Gone for now are the days when we could just light candles when the power went off or, or when a shaky internet connection made no difference in your ability to see the people around you. It is a wonder that we can connect in this way. 
and it's not the same. Last week, the sound challenges from the week before were weighing on me. Before the service, we got all set up running test streams to Facebook to make sure each piece was working just right. And I confess that that these days, gathering as the body of Christ can, well, it can slip into feeling like we're running a small broadcasting studio, which may be practically necessary And it's not fully the point. I long for the time when we can all be here. It was later in the service last week as I was praying with you from the altar and I I found myself reaching for this sacred story, trying to hold on to how we can still enter into it even while we are apart. The wake-up call came as we began to sing the Lord's Prayer. The acoustics of singing under this sweeping ceiling with the sanctuary all but empty, they continue to surprise me. But this time, something was different. Across the space... I heard another voice joining in. I could just barely hear our teenage videographer adding her voice to the strain. It was beautiful. And with her, I I could almost, almost hear everyone else who was singing in, in their living rooms and on their decks and at the kitchen table, all the different places that have become church. As I sang and as I listened, it woke me up. Like Jacob on the run, like those young monks searching, I heard that God was right here in the middle of a pandemic, in the middle of a live stream, even in the middle of all the technical glitches that inevitably come. I woke to see that surely, right now and still, God is in this place. The psalmist understands that the incredible goodness of God, this this wild beauty that is more than we as humans can sometimes comprehend. And the psalmist is clear that There is nowhere we can go that is apart from God. Not heights, nor depths, not death, nor sea, nor utter darkness. We could add a verse to the psalm today. Not even the isolation of a pandemic is beyond the presence of God. God is in all these places even when God's grace stands in such stark relief against our aching, enough so that we forget or search endlessly elsewhere or even run. What will wake us up to God's presence right here, right now, 
It's not just when we're back to packing this sacred place all together. It's not only when our kids are back receiving the righteous work of teachers and classrooms each day. Not just when security and relative ease return. It's not simply when we can finally embrace and sing and break bread together. That will be good, and God will be there. But listen to Jacob, even before he has found reconciliation with his brother. Listen to Benedict while his community still struggles. Listen to our song spread across the miles and and to the quiet voice in the stillness of your heart, insisting that God is here now. Not if, not when, not waiting until, here and now, just as we are, just where we are. Let us wake up to see that surely God is in this place.